0: Mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see. The Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo, Shiel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins. Still. Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose, it's time for some juice on some. With friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some. Both Sheila and Zach coming at you with sets and things, flapping their wings on. With friends. All I know with is Zach said
2: he has a game where he'll don't friends. read both 7,000. <laughs> his and friends. I said, I'm in, let's go, let's do it. And- yeah, and so the purpose yeah of, that's what oh,
0: I, really what I needed was not to get at least one more reader. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Friday afternoon following Nick Sirianni's introductory press conference. Bo Wolf, Sheila Kapadia, Zach Berman, Marissa Morris here on a new, uh, new little system that we've got going on for those of you who are watching live. And uh, we've got a lot to get to. We heard from Nick Siriani for the first time. And we will do that. We will find out how Sheila's doing. But uh, I think we do need to give the people what they want. They have been asking, and so we will oblige. Zach, if you wouldn't mind opening up this episode of Birds with Friends with a little bit of uh, maybe let's call it a 10- to 15-minute explainer on everything that's going on in the stock market right now.
1: Nick Sirianni was just introduced as the Eagles head coach, and we're leading with that. Uh, No, I mean, I I frankly am am ill-equipped to talk about it. I understand what – and when I say talk about it, I mean what's going on in the stock market, not Nick Sirianni. I think I'm equipped to speak about Nick Sirianni, but uh, I will say the only time that I have gone on Reddit, I don't know if this is a good thing or bad thing, was when Bo Wolf did an AMA, and <laughs> I I was not yet at the Athletic at the time, but uh, you you put the link out there. I read it and I read all the answers. Otherwise, you read it. I, I I read it. Otherwise, I don't uh, I've I don't think I have ever put I, that together.
0: Know. Reddit, Reddit. Is that, the, is yes, that why I, it's named that? I've never, never I, even thought about that.
1: I assume so. Otherwise, yeah, I, I obviously know about what's going on, but not to a degree in which I, I feel comfortable speaking to our audience.
0: Should our listeners be buying GameStop stock?
1: <laughs> I, I am not going to advise the listeners on any type of uh, of uh, stock acquisitions right now. What are you
0: talking about? You've given us tonight. Apple. You've given us Amazon. Should we be doing yeah. AMC? Yeah.
1: I'm I'm staying out of that one right now there's 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 a lot of uh there's 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 a lot going on there I'm staying out of that I've been focused frankly on Nick Sirianni and what's going on today
0: well here's the thing I don't know if I really want to spend time talking about Nick Sirianni today because we waited over a week for this press conference and I still wasn't able to ask a question so like if I can't ask a question why why should I talk about this you know, we got a, we got we got a we he got a 20 minute uh intro from Jeffrey Lurie for this uh press conference, this filibuster, and then we don't get to everybody's questions. Um apparently, you know, Nick Sirianni is, is too busy not yet having an idea about whether or not he should even name a starting quarterback at any point on the season. So, I don't know. Let's talk about other stuff. shield how are you?
2: Uh I'm good. I know there are some of you watching and, and the chat isn't working right now. We are working to uh to remedy that. I I got an error. Try again. I'm doing well. So the two questions I was going to ask. We're you know, efforting. I, I, we're
0: efforting, as they say.
2: Yeah, I don't know. You, you know, you, you think Peter King's ever gotten uh, shut out of a press conference? Uh, Mike Garofolo. I feel like he would probably get get called on. But here, here Actually, the think you the Actually, I think Garofolo was, was in there. I, Oh, well, good. Okay, then, you know, fellow bald uh, national reporter, if he got shut out, then I don't feel so bad. Uh, there were some so, questions So, yeah, I Zach wanted to gets get the
0: first can... question, and then we both get shut out. <laughs> I'm That's sorry. Tough. I, He's I, got bragging I, rights. I
2: got
1: someone. My, my son oh, is hey, Ray, Ray, Ray. Ray, Ray, no. Oh, Hey, I, I need you to go into the other room right now. Thank no, me.
0: Reed, come on in. We don't want to talk about Sirianni. We want to talk to you. Because the Eagles, <laughs> so you know, I the, thought Eagles, he... the Eagles, uh, Jeffrey Lurie said he was really just trying to hire a good... Husband and father. So maybe he's actually got the job.
1: <laughs> I apologize. Excuse me one second.
2: We're off is, to there, bit, is, there, to is there a way for me uh,
1: to mute this? <laughs> well,
2: yeah, would, the bottom. At the yeah, bottom. I mean, if you want, I would say don't mute it. But, uh, well, you know, I, I thought he did a standard football guy coaching job for an introductory press conference. You know, I don't think we're going to be handing out any awards that he uh, totally blew me away with his answers. I thought he was fine. I don't think he was a disaster by any stretch. I think he's comfortable in the football guy uh, talk. He he laid out his core principles, which it seemed like that was probably like the 400th time he's had to lay those out. I'm sure he prepared those for his interviews with the Eagles and with Jeffrey Lurie. I'm sure those will be a big part of his introductory speech to the entire team. And so we can get to some of those things. The quarterback answers I thought were uh, certainly noteworthy And interesting, whether we want to draw any conclusions from those or not, or whether it was him just navigating uh, what might be sort of difficult terrain there. But those were some of the things that stand out that I think we probably want to get to early in the show after uh, whatever other nonsense Bo wants to. But Bo looks like a different—I think Bo looks great. He looks like uh, he's—you know, I don't even recognize him. He looks like no, you look like you're in like uh, Southern California. You know, you just said I've had it with the pandemic. I'm driving across the country. I'm getting a little condo on the beach that like I'm picturing that like right over there is the beach for you. Uh, it's sunny and you're relaxed and comfortable. It's a good looking shirt. I like those stripes. You know, it, you look good. Well, you know, one thing
0: uh, we, we've talked about the, uh, you know, the bits in the Wolf household every now and then. And whenever I have Um, Whenever I have grown like a a lengthy beard or, or, you know, significant facial hair, I will shave, you know, just like a little bit of it so that I walk around looking very ridiculous. So uh, for dinner last night, I did the reveal, took my mask off and I had the uh, full beard except for the mustache. So I looked sort of very Amish for the rest of the evening. That was fun. Good stuff. Okay. And also the shirt reminds me I should uh, I want to thank people for the nice (laughs) words they sent about... uh, about pop pop, about the Dewbird, um, and I neglected to mention before he's from he's from Coatesville. I forgot I forgot the entire local connection. So I wanted to give that.
1: Just like Rip Hamilton.
0: Just like uh, just like Rip Hamilton, that's right. All right, Zach, why don't we Marissa, yes. are we ready for the uh are we ready for the the breaking news? Can we give can we give Zach the Stone Cold Newsman a little intro on the the quick hitters with the the big topics that Nick Siriani touched on? Zach, we send it over to you.
1: The Eagles want a coach. Who cares? Thanks for joining us here on Birds with Friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I say that uh, partly in jest, but if you were expecting any type of uh, news to come out of today, uh, certainly this was not the press conference for you. All let right, right, uh, I'll give the brief overview. Jeffrey Lurie, started it with an opening statement. Uh, I would call was, that it was not more a... Like, that was longer than a It was more like an opening monologue. And, and he was actually substantive at times. Uh, he talked about their process, started off at 25, narrowed it down to 10, raved about the type of candidates that were out there. Um, he said that Nick Sirianni... Uh, like jumped out and pressed them from the start, which I found to be odd wording considering they didn't interview him until a week into the coaching search. So I don't know if if he jumped out from the start. I would imagine they would have talked to him from the start. Nonetheless, um, he did not mention Nick Sirianni until about seven or eight minutes in uh, because he was going through <laughs> – the, the different, uh, how all the qualified candidates, all the people who helped them with the search. And, and he was talking about the coaches on the team and Deuce Staley in particular, who he did not hire as head coach for the second consecutive search, but said Deuce staley's like a son to him and thinks Deuce Daly, uh will Jeez, be I hope better he treats it, becoming, I hope he
0: treats his actual son better than he treats Deuce Staley.
1: I mean,. He has My treated. dad
2: would never screw me like that.
1: <laughs> he's not obligated to hire Juice Daly. Um, and then, no, I mean, but he, it's a little he,
0: bit performative. Like yeah, if you yeah. love this guy so much and you think he's such a great future head coach, then hire him. Let's—I mean, let's be fair
1: here. Uh, and 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 so then he he went on to talk about how the big thing they were looking for is someone who cares, and if you don't have that quality, you are eliminated from the search. <laughs> Uh, and that was, you know, he, he talked about different elements of what appealed to him uh, about Sirianni, but I will make this important distinction. Jeffrey Lurie did not take questions today in the past two times. He's hired a head coach. Maybe he, he did it in 1999 and with and with Ray Rhodes, I wasn't there, but the past two times, Chip Kelly and Doug Peterson, he took questions both times. Uh, so that was a departure from Norm today. I feel
2: like rather than a, you know, a long overview, we need to like just, you know, I think let Zach hit on these points and then we respond to him. Right. I mean, yes, there's no uh, rhyme or reason. So, I mean, just just some of my things from some of the things you said, Let's yeah, stick with we, Larry, you yeah. know, it, it, it's weird not to mention the head coach's name for like seven or eight minutes when you're introducing the new coach. So I thought that was strange. I mean, he went on for a while. I don't know if that was practiced or rehearsed or if anyone mentioned anything to him, but he was uh, you know, a little bit all over the place saying they had 25 names, then they whittled it down to, uh, to 10 names and certainly got to Nick Sirianni. I wanted to ask Nick Sirianni, give us the timeline. Where were you when the Eagles yep. contacted you? When was it in the process? What were they possibly asking you about for 10 to 12 hours, which Jeffrey Lurie... Um, mentioned in the beginning so uh you know those were interesting things and yeah the deuce daily thing i mean it's great. You you know you can uh, you can love the guy. You have given him an opportunity, but you know the bottom line is he's been passed over, and that's their prerogative. You know they know Deuce Daly well, so they may have information and think that he wouldn't do a good job. But um, I I don't know why you need to like go ahead and mention that in the introductory press conference for the new coach that you know we've passed over Deuce Daly for like seven hundred promotions. But man, I love that guy like a son. So you know I I, I don't think he's being disingenuous. I do think he has like. A, a fondness for deuce Daly, and i you know deuce Daly wrote that note for um nbc sports philly and certainly mentioned jeffrey lurie but it was just sort of a it's a weird avenue to take this uh when you're introducing a new coach yes i mean not 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 taking any questions after that i don't know how long that monologue monologue was but uh i thought that was strange now maybe there will be another press conference i kind of doubt it no way but um but I don't know if he'll have to talk during owners' meetings, which is only a couple months away. But I don't know when when the owner is making the decision to fire the Super Bowl winning head coach, and then goes through this process and hires a new head coach. You would like to be able to ask him some questions. So that was disappointing.
0: Yeah, I think it's pretty weak, um, especially when uh, you know we would have liked, or somebody would have liked to ask the question about uh, you know not have ha- having hired a uh, a black head coach or coordinator or. Um, GM in 23 years or whatever it is in the process that went into that and and you know maybe a little bit too much lip service to it and like I agree with you, Shield the Deuce thing. No one is saying you have to hire Deuce like or that he should have right. been hired, but like spare us the the love fest on this guy is such a great candidate. If you are going to move on, like you know it's fine. You, you that's the decision that you made. Um, so yeah, I thought it was I thought it was kind of kind of weak, especially considering that. He has taken questions in these introductory press conferences before, as Zach said. So uh, it also would have, like, taken a little bit of the heat off of Sirianni, who was obviously, like, a little bit nervous, and understandably so. That's, like, that's not a, uh, you know, a reflection of how good of a head coach he's going to be. But, like, standing up there on the lectern by himself in an empty podium with nobody in front yeah, of him. Yeah, that
2: is awkward. And that.
0: having to wait for, like, this 20-minute monologue to finish, <laughs> like, like, the butterflies building up. That was tough. It would have been a lot easier if they were... Together in the same room, like you know, bouncing questions off of each other.
2: Yes. Uh, the now, now, Zach mentioned the thing about you know Jeffrey Lurie basically mm-hmm. said the number one thing is that he wants a coach who cares, who cares about the coaches on his staff, the players. W- was that like a hey, this is why we didn't go with Josh McDaniels? Uh, thing because you know that what because because it wasn't a. Doug didn't have this thing. You know, I think that would probably be a strength of Doug's and maybe what um, held him there for whatever, as long as he did. But that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, he's, you know, maybe he's explaining why they did not go with Josh McDaniels. I don't know. That was just a thought that popped into my head.
1: I had a similar type of, of reaction because now I will say, having spoken to a handful of people who have who've, uh, worked with Sirianni, uh, who've employed Sirianni, who played for Sirianni, Flex. they've – that, no, no, that wasn't a flex. I was going to say they... It's a flex.
0: You talked talk to people the, at all of those levels. That's a flex.
2: A, uh, you two have talked to every single... In the last week, you two have <laughs> talked to every single person who's ever met Nick Sirianni in the last uh, 25 years. So definitely go check those pieces out on The Athletic. They were very good. But uh, yeah, it, it feels like you left no stone unturned, which is a good thing. A
1: consistent thread is, is that attribute, like that he really cares about his players, about his co-workers... So perhaps that was just something that that came through to Jeffrey Lurie. Now, that being said, I can't imagine you sitting down for 10 to 12 hours with a coach who's worthy of being interviewed to be a head coach and come away with like, wow, this guy really doesn't care about the people who plays for him and coaches with him, right? So I suppose there are varying degrees of it. I feel like I could get
0: that vibe out of Josh McDaniels.
2: I mean You probably wouldn't last that you probably wouldn't last ten yeah. to twelve hours, so yeah. Maybe yeah. like
1: after forty five minutes you'd be <laughs> exactly. like Dude, yeah, I'm not gonna point. waste your
2: time, don't time. I would
1: my certainly time. get
0: that vibe from Chip Kelly, but
1: <laughs> I mean they, they still hired him and gave him a lot of personality.
2: Uh, I control, would disagree. So. Yeah. I don't think right away you would have gotten that vibe from Chip Kelly, actually. You know, I remember going to the um senior bowl. I think it was that, that year and talking to some Oregon players and it actually was much different. You know, they were like this guy, we loved playing for this guy and, uh, talking about, um, you know, speeches he gave and different things like that. So, uh, I don't think it's probably not that that easy. And he
0: gave the, he, I remember in his intro press conference, he was talking about how like the hardest part of leaving was going to be like not seeing like the secretaries in the Oregon uh, office, like the people who worked in the building. Uh, which like was just such a charlatan line from him because when he was in the building he couldn't have he couldn't have named anybody who who like wasn't on the football staff or had like possibly had less of a time to even like acknowledge your existence walking by in the hallway so. Like give me, give He's a good salesman.
2: He's a liar, but he's a good salesman. let the record state
1: that this Chip Kelly discussion was was not started by me.
2: I was gonna say, imagine like you know, chips on his burner Twitter account (laughs) and just sees this link and is like, huh, I wonder how that Sirianni, uh, you know, I've been in those shoes before. Let me, I wonder what they're saying about his presser, and then he's just getting crushed on this podcast. Like how many years after the fact? I'm in a bad mood. I'm in a bad mood from not getting called on. That's evident. It pisses uh, me off. Let's make you sure couldn't We have, build they on couldn't they could
0: like, you know, we waited a whole week. They couldn't have gone a little bit more than 40 minutes with the new head coach who we're not going to get to talk to until, you know, who knows when. Like, you know, they're not like hard I, questions. These are like all fluffy questions.
1: Yeah, Give it's me a break. and it's it's part of it's it's part of being named a head coach, right? Like Come it on. was, you know, and and we didn't talk about the the macro perspective of the of this and I and I imagine, you know, we still need to get into the quarterbacks and all that, but the fact that this press conference was at noon on a Friday, a week <laughs> after he was hired, right? And, yeah. What are they trying to hide? And, and then you you limit the press con. You know they 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 kept the whole production to an hour, but they didn't start taking questions un- until what, like the twelve thirty five mark or 1235? At mark? least, probably more. Yeah. Right? So so uh, no, I, it's it really strikes you. Now they'll probably t- deny this is the case and say that he has a lot on his plate right now. But from the outside looking in, it really strikes you like they don't want to expose this guy to a lot publicly, number one. And number two, that they didn't want this to be like a high-profile press conference that's going to be talked about on the morning show tomorrow. That You know, like the fact that this is at noon on a Friday uh, and – Bowen and, and Shio and I have been texting about this. Sorry, Marissa, we should we, we should have done it with, with you as as well. <laughs> she, but, does not, she does not. Uh, want to be but, <laughs> but 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 was but Bo made a great point. Like they waited a week. They could have done it on on Monday at, at noon. At this point, right? Right. So the waited fact that long, they waited this long They deliberately chose to do it Friday at noon.
2: Yeah, no, I, I think it comes down to I, I don't know why we needed a that long of a Jeffrey Lurie monologue. If he wants to talk, he should have given a three sentence thing. All right, now Jeffrey's gonna take questions. But yeah, he took up, you're you're right. I mean, yeah, this wasn't a, every time something like this happens, I just think about this is Stacy's day from uh from Andy Reed but this was not exactly Nick's Day when they uh sort of shortened it and the owner's talking for a while and doesn't even mention that yeah. the, the new coach's name for 8 minutes it was uh it was a little bit strange we had so there. many qualified, anyway, qualified people candidates don't care they about were
0: all her. they're all going to be very good head coaches we yeah. basically flipped a coin he did nothing to stand <laughs> yeah. out above the others but you know he was willing to let howie pick the roster so here we go let's uh, we're fired up to be here
1: but no, I agree, Bo. You sh- you sh- you should have been asked a question as well as other uh, coaches. Yeah, it's not me. It's oh, I'm not, sorry. Not, I mean, yeah, yeah, not I'm pissed about as, me, but well like, other, pe-
0: well other people, there are other people.
1: Shield. There are other reporters who who did not get questions in. Um, I agree, and and I I think that uh, I, I'm not saying he had to stand up there for for two and a half hours, but this is part of being hired as a head coach, right? And i'll say this isn't just about like satisfying the media there's been great public demand to hear siriani speak during the past week
0: yeah how many questions have you guys gotten you know from from people like when is this guy gonna talk it's when,
1: it's yeah. the it was the first question that I, that everyone's asked all right Bo, so let's
2: uh i i here i i will answer your question it's a uh,
0: it's let's a question them. it's a question you okay. are um uh, you will like because it's something that we oh, have it talked might about.
2: be one that I was going might be one that I was gonna ask. My All question, right,
0: my question was going to be, uh, you know, it it seems that you are building a very young staff. Uh, you are gonna be a first time head coach. You're gonna be a first time play caller. You have a defensive coordinator who's gonna be doing it for the first time. It is a common refrain from first time head coaches that they are surprised by the amount of non football things that they have to deal with. So who are you going to lean on because it does not seem like there are any former head coaches on this staff? How, are you going, how, how do you expect to, uh, to deal with all of those things that are going to distract from the time from a job that you have not done before?
2: Yeah, it's funny you, sh- you should ask that, Bo. By the way, l- love the Athletic subscriber from day one a-, a few years ago. But this is something I talked about a lot with Frank Reich. Remember, Frank had not had a head coaching job when he got to Indianapolis. And, man, you should have seen his head spinning those first few weeks there where he's going, I never realized all these different things you had to do. I just want to coach ball. You know, he- he's a ball coach. We, You guys know that here. I know that there. And so he did find people he could lean on to help him with that. So I would just say be patient with me. Be patient with me. We're going to add some got some some staffers here, some veterans, some people who can help me. I know this isn't a situation where I'm going to come in and be some kind of emperor and dictating everything. I know you got to delegate responsibility. I know there are different areas where it's not my expertise and I know that's part of what comes with the job. So uh, those are going to be challenges. I'm not going to say they're not. I'm not taking them lightly. I know there's a lot of things that go with being the head coach of a football team in the National Football League, specifically in a great city like philadelphia where the fan base is so passionate and there's so much attention here and so i'm gonna get people on my staff to help me with that and we're gonna make sure that everyone is doing what they're supposed to do to make sure this is this is a well-run organization
1: that's a great answer right and 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 by the way you weren't prepped for that you didn't know the question was coming and uh i just want to say well he was prepped he,
0: he was prepped for it by like 12 years of lived experience
2: Yeah, I I think I've said, I think somebody else asked me about this and I said, this is when you have a lifetime of judging what everyone else around you is doing (laughs) and in your head saying, oh my, what are they doing? They should be doing this. It really preps you for this kind of exercise. That's why I enjoyed it so much. Zach, I was going to ask you, like, did you, uh, did you sleep last night? Like I was just picturing you, you know, I woke up this morning and I was, I was pretty excited for a, you know, little press conference, but then I thought about you and I was like, (laughs) oh my gosh, these like last few days, this guy must. I wrote down like I wrote down like four questions at the top here, and there were like two that I knew was pretty sure no one else was gonna ask. So you know, I, I thought I would get to them. But I'm like Z- I'm like Zach probably has like 700 questions. Well, it's tough when you're so first. Tell me about like the like, to... last 24 yeah. hours for for you. Yeah, yeah well, well, so let's, let's I
1: let's was I well, no, I I didn't finish writing uh, my story about IEP until I, I think I filed it like at, at 2 a.m. last night. Uh-huh. Thank, thank goodness for our editor Pete. Who is works around the clock? Edited that real early, Unbelievable. so it, it could it could be read at you know seven thirty. I, th- I think it came on the site maybe seven. So really credit to Pete there. But uh, no, I, I was I was very excited for this press conference. I was frankly hoping it would have been earlier in the week, uh, and we would we would have had more time to digest it. But uh, yeah, I I had a lot of questions, and like Bo said, you know when you are batting leadoff in that spot. You can ask something esoteric, or you know, yeah, you can't. You know people up, are yeah. tuning in. Like if I come in, it, the first question has to be about Carson Wentz, right? Like that's that's in my opinion, at, at least, and so that's why I asked it and, and framed it the way I did. Um, and I was I was fascinated to see what he would say about Wentz because I I, I did see fan reaction on Twitter saying, well, you know, of, of course he's not going to name a, a starting quarterback. These are wasted questions. In my opinion, what you say about Carson Wentz is a big story, right? Carson Wentz is getting uh, tuned in and, and, and like, like he'll, he'll know what's being said. The rest of the league is knowing what's being said. This guy has a $128 million contract that hasn't yet kicked in and they're non-committal still, right? Like like any <laughs> any other coach would take over a job with a quarterback with that type of cap obligation. If, it, if the same thing by the way is happening with the Rams right now. It's a big story that they're non-committal about Jared Goff. Like that's the story. So yeah. the the fact that the Eagles did not come out here and say like Carson Wentz is is going to be on the team. Carson Wentz is going to be our starter or Carson Wentz is going to have every opportunity to win this job. It was all we need to evaluate the roster. I haven't even looked at it. I haven't thought about who the starting quarterback is going to that be. That was it,
2: too far. Yeah, that you're yeah. doing okay until that one. But uh, So that, I,
1: that's a story within itself.
2: Let's quickly
0: see what he did say to your question, Zach.
1: Hey, Nick. Uh, did you take this job with the stipulation or the expectation that Carson Wentz is your quarterback next season? And if so, what's your plan to get the most out of him?
2: Well, you know I, t- I took this job because what a great organization this is and the the, the plan here is that I, we have to go through a lot of things here we're getting our 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 coaching staff in place we're getting it in place so we can get the best people in here as coaches and what we need to do is evaluate the entire roster we have to, we have a lot of things to go through with these next couple weeks of evaluating the entire roster in, in every position, quarterback, wide receiver, defensive back—that that is what we're that is what we're going to be diving into here, and and it's it's great. I mean, we have we have two quarterbacks in Carson Wentz and and Jalen Hurts that are top notch. They're top notch quarterbacks, and and a lot of teams don't have any. And so just excited, just really excited to work with both of them. How about that just production wanna... level for Marissa? Yeah, I was just going to say, Great we got to thank Marissa for this entire thing. We, as you know, had nothing to do with this. People in the chat are uh, are absolutely loving it. So, uh, you know, she's been uh, pushing the higher ups a little bit, you know, for she, she's a team player. She's pushing the higher ups for better birds with friends, not just a better life for uh, Marissa. So it seems like everybody uh, is enjoying it in here. And uh, the comments, if, if Marissa ever leaves, the athletic is going bust. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that, that's right. Uh, is the comment that came in.
0: Now, before we get to the Wentz stuff, I, I want to circle back because Zach, you did a good job uh, pulling a Sirianni and evading the question that was asked. What was uh, the last 24 hours like for you? How excited were you for this press conference?
1: Well, I I thought I was I I was the, writing uh, the story. Yeah, I yeah. was you know, I was <laughs> I was excited for this podcast absolutely. Okay. But I'm sorry for this press conference and this podcast. What is the esoteric
0: question you would have asked uh, if you were not lead off?
1: I had a lot of questions that I I wanted to ask. Actually, um Jimmy Kemsky asked asked uh, one of them. That was that on was my good. list about, you know, specifically the 53. That was a good one, yeah. Um the uh I mean Jimmy I, had gone I get, shut
0: out of the last press conference and then only barely snuck in this time so yeah <laughs>
1: uh, and and it's it, it, it shows you the way it's changed in the last in the uh, Doug Peterson press conference the question was who was control of the 90 and who was control of the 53 now it's kind of understood that Howie Roseman has control of the 90 the question was about the 53 and the 48. Um, so so, the, so so that was the. Change and he said there. Uh, he
0: said Howie has the fifty three. I think I have control over the forty eight. So hopefully they've <laughs> yeah. got that ironed out at some point after they realize where training camp is.
2: <laughs> he, de- he definitely doesn't. <laughs> um, uh, IUP so, by yeah, the way so reminds
0: of me of the um, the old uh, like Hold elementary on, wait, school middle wait. school joke uh, asking somebody to spell I cup.
1: Hmm.
2: I've done that to Nia before. Yeah, she liked that (laughs) one. I didn't think about that one. Uh, He definitely, you know, he he probably was like, well, what is it now? It's the 40?
1: It's the 48. He said the 47. It's the 48. But but, but one of them has to be an offensive lineman.
2: Right. He he was definitely like... uh, Wait a minute. I was supposed to ask about the 48 in the interview. He's like <laughs> he's like shoot. I thought every coach at least got the freaking 48. He's like in Philadelphia you don't even get to pick the 48. What am I got myself into?
0: It's like what wait a it's second. Like, I got to
2: I got to play JJ on Whiteside again? <laughs> It, it, yeah it's like yeah sometimes you have that in job interviews it's like the thing you wouldn't even think to ask because you think it's just assumed and then afterwards you're kind of like wait you know should I have asked about that just to just to make sure and uh you know so a family member is like yeah you know you probably you probably should have done that that's that's Sirianni with the 48 probably he's like what what exactly do I get to do here with this uh head coaching job all right the QBs so what what was your uh overall take on his uh answers about Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts in the QB situation.
0: Well, I thought the most important thing was when he was asked if he could guarantee that Wentz is going to be on the roster. And he said, he said, I can't even do that basically. Um, so, I mean, you know, he was being very vague and saying like we haven't even watched these guys, which I don't think is like, it's definitely not true. Um, but, you know, I had said before like it would have been a mistake to come out and declare Carson Wentz as the starting quarterback. I think they have to let things settle a little bit. He said he talked Uh, both he and Shane Steichen have talked to Carson Wentz. He has talked to Jalen Hurts. Um, so, I mean, I think this is what they have to do. Uh, We've talked about like Carson Wentz being on the team next year is not even in their control. If they want to move on, they still need somebody who wants to trade for him. And the influx of veteran quarterbacks on the trade market definitely hurts them if, if that were the uh, path they wanted to go down. So, uh, he probably is going to be here and they don't want to, they don't want to say that he's, uh, definitely going to be here in case they can get away from him but uh, I still think they have to move forward as you know this is going to be a competition competition is the name of the game we we want competition at every level of this organization in the meeting room on the practice field in games it's all about competition and so we're gonna let that we're gonna let that play out
1: well I see your point there I know but you disagree
0: if, but yeah go ahead
1: no if if uh if Carson wentz was as central a figure in the interviews as it, as reports suggested, and as uh, I don't as, necessarily as it believe it
0: those reports,
1: you don't. Okay, so you I think, think those they're I think they're
0: overstated.
1: Overstated. Okay, I think any well, well,
0: any team you go to that has a unsettled quarterback situation, like what is your plan at quarterback, is going to be a big part of the interview process. I don't think that those reports mean that the Eagles only wanted to hire somebody who has a plan to fix Carson Wentz.
1: Well, here, here. Let me ask you this: If Nick Sirianni was not there, being broadcasted all around the internet, anyone could watch it. Um, if it was just him talking to us, and you said, "Who's your quarterback next year?" Does he have an answer to that question? No.
2: I don't think so. Don't if think so, if you're really? going to come in, if you're going to okay. come in and say one of your core principles is competition. At every level, and the quarterback was one of the worst starters in the entire NFL last year. How can you just say, unless you're, and by the way, reports coming out that They have coddled Carson Wentz, which we've discussed for a long time, but, you know, specific examples of people in the organization saying they really have coddled Carson Wentz. You can't come in and, you know, in the first weeks before you've even held a team meeting, say Carson Wentz is my quarterback and it's the Carson Wentz Rehabilitation Project. I just think that sends a terrible message. Then when you talk about competition as a core principle, who can take that seriously? Who can take your other things seriously? And so it leads to kind of this slippery slope. And I, I don't think this is going to be a situation where, you know, even if Carson Wentz stays here, and again, I I sort of agree with Bo. I don't think it's a given. I think it's the most likely scenario. I don't think it's, you know, 90%. I think it's, I don't know, maybe 75%, 80%, I would put it at. But, you know, there's still a chance, I think, if they get a call with a good offer that they move on. I don't think this is going to be a situation where – he's going to stand up there at any point before like late August and tell you Carson Wentz is the starting quarterback. I think he's just going to go the competition route for a, a long time. I could be wrong, but that's sort of how I see it.
1: So let me ask you guys this then, and and we'll, we'll use the, the example you gave before uh, shield about Chip Kelly. Uh, Carson Wentz is on the hunting range or, is that a thing? I, I I'm embarrassed I have, to say. I, I in in a, uh, he's, he's in a he's in uh, a
0: what's it called? Uh, he's, you know, like a hideout, a little A hut. tree what, up in it? a tree. Uh,
1: yeah, I lost you there. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear. Yeah. you. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, Carson Wentz is 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 there? He's in a blind. Is that what it's called? Is it what? A blind. Is that? I I don't know. Uh, so anyway, so he says, "Oh, the the new coach is talking now." I'm curious what he has to say about me. Uh so he he pulls up uh wherever it's being broadcasted online and he watches the press conference and he hears the answers from the new head coach and this is someone who 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 we have who we've discussed um expects certain things from the organization can be sensitive to certain things within the organization. What's Carson Wentz's reaction hearing that?
0: I think whatever the conversations he had with Sirianni and Steichen would matter much more than whatever was said in the press conference.
2: Yeah. And I i mean, I don't, you know, Sirianni didn't come out and say went stunk last year, you know, he, he handled it fine. And, Stayed neutral and like at some point there needs to be a reality check for Carson Wentz. I mean, everybody watched how you played last year. It wasn't all your fault, but you didn't, you played very poorly. You were one of, again, one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Like in what scenario is something owed to you that a new head coach has to come in and say, this is my guy and we're going to move forward with him and he's going to be great. I mean, you could go, I feel like if you didn't have Jalen hurts on the roster, then it was like Carson Wentz and Nate Sudfeld, then it would be pretty easy. Right. Right. Then you would say, then there's not even a question. No one's asking who the starting quarterback is. They're saying, what's your plan for Carson Wentz? And then you can go all in. Hey, I watched film of Carson Wentz when I was in Indianapolis. We watched that 2017 season. This guy is an incredible talent. What Frank Reich told me about his work ethic is incredible. Uh, Which is what he
0: said on the web. On the team website interview.
2: That's what he said? Oh this? Yeah, uh, You know, there are there are things that are uh, out of yeah. a quarterback's control sometimes. Sometimes you don't have a great year. There are a lot of different factors at work. That doesn't change who he is and the type of quarterback we think he can be. And uh, he's going to be a big part of this organization for a long time. So it really does go back to kind of Jalen Hurts pick. Uh, you know, like if you didn't have any other options on the roster, then it's really easy for Sirianni to come out and just throw all his weight behind Carson Wentz. But that, that is not the case. The other quarterback got a chance. And so now you do have to, uh, you have to toe the line a little bit.
1: But from an organizational perspective, these answers from him were deliberate. Like they, he was obviously prepped on Carson Wentz questions. And I'm sure he was clearly told, be as vague as you can about it. Uh, Don't commit to one or the other. Bo mentioned he was much more effusive last night in a controlled environment on the Eagles website than he was up, up, here today because my guess is the organizational uh, approach was not to say anything that could be interpreted as leaning toward one quarterback. And that is fascinating when you have a guy set to make $128 million. And, and like we discussed, unless you know you can trade him, you're going to have to find a way to reconcile with him. I don't think today took any steps toward reconciling with well yeah, be, but today,
0: I, it, but but the reconciliation is not going to be about what's said in press conference. It's going to be about the conversations they have between themselves,
1: yeah. I don't think true. it's 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 the public it, no to me it's 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 what's your approach toward him and 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 to say it's not about what it says in press conferences. I'm not saying like the stories matter. I'm saying the the, the press conference is reflective of the of the organizational philosophy. And I think, with Carson Wentz here, there is there is something between the organization and, and 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 him. So every message that comes from the organization matters when you're looking at that relationship.
0: Maybe I think that's a little bit overstated. I think what is fair is that it's not just up to Sirianni to uh, you know to squash whatever beef there is because his his issue is not with Sirianni. His issue is, is with other people. So. Just as much as it's on Sirianni to like make him feel wanted, it's also on, if they want to keep him, it's also on, you know, Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Leary to massage that relationship.
1: I, I, I mean, I, I see your point, but like I... I, I see you and, I, and again, I'm not over... I, I don't want to overstate the the importance of a press conference, but if you just look at what's going on in Green Bay right now, like public messaging is a significant thing in these high-profile relationships. Like, that is that's very relevant. Carson and Wentz
0: is not Aaron Rodgers, and like I'm not
1: suggesting Carson Wentz is Aaron Rodgers. I'm I'm suggesting from the other side. Like like Aaron Aaron Rodgers deliberately took the approach that he took. The Eagles organization deliberately took the approach that they took. And I I am I'm not going to poo poo that. Like I I think that matters.
2: Yeah, I think you can just rule out the if there was an idea that he was going to come in and say. This is the Carson Wentz Rehabilitation Project. Yes. He's our guy. The entire organization's behind him. That is the one takeaway. He did not do that. Uh, yes. And so now we see what happens next year in the next couple of months.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business.
1: Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I
2: didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so
1: many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal.
2: Listen to The Deal.
0: Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right. Before we move on, I have some uh, some housekeeping here. And uh, kill a cow, who is in the chat, was uh, very generous enough to pass along to us uh, a review on the shower pill. Oh. Okay, guys, are you ready? Okay. Here's what he yeah. says. Okay, it's not a literal pill. It's basically like a bigger, sturdier disinfectant wipe that you can use in place of a shower. I oh. used it tonight after working out, Flex, but I uh-huh. first started but I first started using them after I broke my leg and wasn't allowed to shower for two weeks. In those two cases, it's very good. It will take you from be- from uh, stinky to presentable in about five minutes, maybe shorter. Infinitely better than no shower, but not nearly as good as a proper shower. Think it would be good for three shower z I give it two ferns up.
2: <laughs> okay,
0: very uh, interesting. And the other thing that I, I do think we need to address, uh, you know, everybody was very happy to see Shield's appearance on, uh, you know, the the Mina Kimes podcast. Uh, big spot for him. You know, he's been making the podcast rounds, but I know. That in your mind, when you heard this, Shiel, you you knew that this was going to come up. So Marissa, why don't you hit that? I'm delighted to join, to be joined by a guest. Who I, our whole, our producer Dan said you had been on. I can't remember because it's been so long. But it's Shiel Capadia, uh, NFL writer at The Athletic. You can catch him on The Athletic football show shield. When was the last time you were on my podcast?
2: I don't know. It's been too long. You know, I, I've been waiting for the call. I've been checking my emails, my texts, (laughs) my DMS, nothing's uh, coming (laughs) in, but you know, it's good to finally be back
0: from the athletic
2: football show. I I've, I swear to God, I did not catch that the first time. I'm not saying I would have acted differently, but I didn't. I had no idea what you were gonna play there. Oh yeah, what is that? that... that's not that's not a good job. I, I in my head, I think I just heard from the athletic. I did mm. not know if she was saying that. Well, uh, yeah, she. That's on her. Listen, you take it <laughs> oh, up you're with her. Her under the bus. But yeah, but you had yeah. a
0: chance if you had been listening to correct her. Yeah.
2: To no, up. I mean I. I I would, uh, you know, I would, I would love to have a battle right now about it. But I, I swear to God, I was like, wait, what is he? What is he? Uh, well, it's also, I you? do have to say, I,
0: it's also funny because uh, Mina uh, buried me on Twitter that one time when you asked if we'd ever been. That's in the same what room I thought together. you were.
2: That's what I thought you were going where you were going um, with, and with she, this. And
0: she and I said no, and she corrected me c- correctly that we had briefly met at the Super Bowl, waiting to get into yes. the uh, into the locker room. So she was right. She killed me. But then she forgot that you and her had yes. also been there together.
2: That I did catch live. But I'm like, uh, I don't know. Do you want to start the podcast by uh, you know <laughs> calling her out on something like this? That might be bad. That that's what I actually thought you were going to play there. So okay. Anyway, uh, we do have some. Yeah, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Well, we do have some more uh, housekeeping. We've got uh, Kevin won the Pastaficio's gift card previously, but he lives in Ohio. And is unable to claim the gift card. And he said we can pass it on to someone else. But he said if you want to go the charity route, he recommends the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. And he said his son, Carson, who has cystic fibrosis as well as his daughter, was able to attend an Eagles game as part of a -A Make-A-Wish and meet Carson Wentz. Uh, His son met Bo outside the locker room. I believe we spoke about this. And uh, Bo gave a shout out to him. He was a Wing on of Honor the,
0: recipient,
2: yeah. Yeah, on the post game pod, and he still talks about it to this day. So, so very That's good. Nice. Thank you for listening, uh, the entire family, and I absolutely will make a donation to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Listeners, I encourage you to do the same. And I will uh, too. I will thank too. you. And Marissa, we've got a you know, now I can't
0: I can't be the one who does not <laughs>
2: I, I yeah. wasn't
1: trying to do that. I was,
2: I was like eh, not really for me. Things are, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it put me in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, oh, sorry about
2: that. I'm I I'll, trying be
1: to, I'll
0: be happy to. I'll okay. be happy to.
2: Before we sign off, Marissa, make sure you uh, give me another review to read. We got to find a way to give away these pasta gift cards. They're still sitting in my drawer.
0: And by the way, we have raised uh, a good amount of money uh, by now. Uh, I think over 400, maybe close to 500, or, or even over to a project home, which has been from the, uh, the proceeds for the, um, uh, this is not a pyramid scheme t-shirt. So thanks to everybody for, for buying those. Uh you know what else we'll we'll get to the rest of the of the press conference but we got to give a we got to give a note because we you know we spent time about uh, news breaking before Zach had a had a scoop last night.
1: Uh, I no, I mean <laughs> <It's> a scoop.
0: <laughs> I, I... We had a st- we have a staff hire. Well, I guess not a hire, a, a, an offer.
1: Yeah, there's an offer for Mike Clay, special teams coordinator uh or to be the special teams coordinator. Mike Clay has been the assistant special teams coordinator in uh in san francisco for the since 2016 i believe he had one year where he was assistant strength and conditioning as well was with the eagles in 2014 2015 um and i i think uh our our colleague out in san francisco matt barrows um 22. on what was it tuesday said that that the eagles wanted to interview him and he was also interviewing with the jets as well so right. uh credit to matt barrows
0: 29 i think he would be I mean, is it possible he would be the youngest coordinator in NFL history? Is that possible?
1: I don't. I mean, Sean uh, McVay was like Sean McVay was hired as head coach at thirty or thirty at, at thirty, and he was the offensive coordinator for two years uh, okay. with, with in Washington. Twenty nine, though. That's I mean, it's young. the the thing that jumps out to me is that uh, you know, like whenever these age things come up, is Theo Epstein was the general manager of the Boston Red Sox at twenty eight years old. Like, think about that. Yeah, but I actually
0: that's true. Um, I think coaching is different than being a general manager if you were like you were above it uh making decisions is is different than like interacting with guys who might all be older than you and looking at you like you're you know a dingus
1: but honestly the it's not the case with play. but uh, like like this is where i disagree with you if you're a a coach most of the guys you're interacting with are younger than you even when you're 29 years old if you're a gm most of the guys you're interacting with are older than you even when you're you know especially when you're 29 years old the other your contemporaries around the league, your high level contemporaries on, on staff, they're all in their forties, fifties, something, you know, thirties sometimes. So I I think it's easier to be a, a younger coach. It's harder probably to have that authoritative um, demeanor sometimes, but uh clearly it's something that uh, this, to spin this to the Eagles, clearly it, it's something that was important to them was the younger staff. And yeah, I think really that's right. I think, you know, this, this this hasn't been written about or or discussed. Um it's, a, it's, it's probably something we can go more in, in depth on, but the initial staff is very comparable to the staff that Shanahan had in San Francisco, right? All, all his coordinators. Well, 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 he didn't have a designated offensive coordinator, but it's his two top offensive assistants and his defensive assistant when he went there were in their 30s. Um, the, uh, in, in, uh, with the Rams, they had they obviously had Wade Phillips, but they had younger offensive assistants, right, with a, with a young head coach. Uh, Matt LaFleur, um, when he, you know, he had a young offensive coordinator. I, I really think this model of young coaches was something that clearly appealed to them.
0: I think you're right. It's hard not to, it's hard not to believe that, you know, the way things have gone. Uh, yeah. It's it's so heavily weighted that way that it, it, it must yeah. be um, intentional. Uh, Michael Clay, I will say, one could be the best linebacker on the roster right now. Uh, that's possible. Um, and then I will also, also say when I worked for the team, uh, he was on our soft, he was on our like softball team at the, uh, like the league tournament, unbelievably fast. Like, you know, like a, just a ground ball to second base beats it out with ease. So a good reminder that, uh, you know, a guy who played at Oregon and not in the NFL is still like, like the best athlete you'll ever see.
1: So, so having exposure to that, why do you still think you could be as successful on the football I'm not, field. I'm, I'm, I don't need division. to outrun
0: anybody. It's about the arm, baby. <laughs> oh but I'm, I just <laughs> got to put it out there and let an let an athlete go make a play. I'm not. I'm not saying I can play line or you know anything where speed matters.
1: Just got the well, arm. Nick Sirianni baby. Would, would love you because all that you know because his offensive philosophy is basically just like do what these guys want. You know, adjust to your players. Uh, figure out what your players can do. Accentuate their strengths and and don't make calls for their weaknesses. So is that a fair thing to say?
2: Yeah. So here we're, here are yeah that was his description of his offensive philosophy. So uh, it was a good question. It was on my list of questions. He didn't really give a lot there about what he wants to do. Whether he believes you gotta pass the ball on early downs or spread the field or use a lot of you know he just said multiple and then said play to your player strengths, which in theory is a good thing. In practice, uh, you know, we'll see exactly how that works out. But he did have his list of five core principles. Let me see if I got these right. You guys can uh, correct me. There was uh, connecting. The team has to connect with one another, right? That was one of them. Uh, Compete, compete. Mm -hmm. competition Mm -hmm. was two. Now, hold
0: on a second. Is that how he said them? Because it's going to bother me if they're not uh, grammatically the same part of speech.
2: Was I it mean, connecting um,
0: and compete or was it connect and compete or connecting and competing?
2: I wrote connect and compete. Okay. So, all right. So but we're then, good so but far. Then you're not, but then you're not going to like the next one. Okay. Ac- accountability. Because <laughs> that, that doesn't. Okay. It's not the. That, yeah. So accountability was three. And then four. I mean, I don't know what you do with this one. Be a smart football team. <laughs> so so okay. in terms of, yeah, these are not all all the same. Actually, I screwed this up. I have six. Mm. Uh, or, or that does that go with game management and situational football? Was I think that the so. Same thing. I think be a smart. Okay. F- yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, five was uh, have strong fundamentals, and so he invoked. Uh, some people thought he probably listened to birds with friends. Yeah. But he didn't want to use you know our exact example, so he used Villanova and Jay Wright to show uh, about being a smart football team, and then he used Kobe Bryant to talk about. Uh, fundamental He literally so did. Were, like, yeah. He, yeah, he, he took your notes but principles. didn't want
0: to take the exact ones.
2: Yeah, so there you go. Uh,
0: highlight of the press conference for me was uh, quote-unquote
2: Don Slowensky. <laughs> yeah. I was actually, la- was I up on your screen, Bo, or not? Because I was no. laughing and I was looking at you thinking we might have one of those moments where we, we can't stop you laughing. You weren't on my gallery, I, no. Yeah, you weren't looking at me. So If that, I had that seen you, then
0: yeah, we would've, I would have gone down the yeah, rabbit hole. I would have had to turn the camera because, off.
2: Because I was really smiling and like kind of close to that edge where you're like, all right, I could lose it here. Uh, you know, it's okay. It was a mispronunciation. It's tough. But it's <laughs> tough to get all the names. Yeah, I mean. Still funny, though. We're still la- yeah, we're allowed still be to laugh funny, about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. What else? Uh, let's see. What else stood out here from his? Uh, now, how about this Brian John? This Brian Johnson hire, maybe mm. the one of the most interesting hires. So, Zeburp, give us a little uh, rundown on who Brian Johnson is.
1: Yeah. So, if if you used to play NCAA football uh, back in the in the two thousands, you remember him as the Cover Boy. I think it was the two thousand nine edition, right? Uh, he was a a good quarterback at Utah. He replaced Alex Smith, I believe. Um, Urban Meyer's staff recruited him, and Dan Mullen, of course, was on that staff. Uh, and then he, but he started when when Kyle Whittingham was there, uh, and then he went on to coach. Uh, he coached under Kyle Whittingham. was a was a fast riser. Worked obviously Mississippi State with um, uh, with Dan Mullen. Helped develop. Dak Prescott was in Houston for a year, and then went to. He became the offensive coordinator at, at, at Houston, and then he went to Florida when Mullen went there. Was the OC and quarterbacks coach there did an outstanding job with Kyle Trask. Like if if, if you saw Kyle Trask play this 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 past year and a half, and, and you saw what he was able to get out of him, uh, that that's really a, a credit to to Brian Johnson, young coach, I think thirty three, maybe thirty two, um, and. Interviewed for the Eagles and and uh, and he flew up, really imp- impressed the Eagles. Uh, and it's it's important to point out because something that Sheil has, has has mentioned on this podcast is to bring in people from the college ranks who have different ideas. Look, he's a younger coach; he has playing experience. Bo made a great point on Twitter yesterday. He was the first offensive hire that is not like direct that hasn't directly worked with Sirianni, um, and that's an important job—the quarterbacks coach job. And so I I I I, th- I think that's a a pretty impressive hire.
2: Yeah, I think theoretically this is the type of hire that at least I've been, I feel like you know all three of us probably, but I I know just speaking for myself have been pushing for you know look for look for somebody who's impressed you. Who maybe you've heard good things about? Who maybe you've watched Florida's film as you're doing draft prep and say, "Wow, they're doing some cool things." And uh, I thought his explanation was pretty cool about this yeah. too, where he was saying that in Indianapolis they brought on uh, was it Tom Manning? Yep. I believe who- right from the college ranks. So which one of you wrote about him? All those names. He was uh in mine, oh, yeah. he was you. Okay, <laughs> sorry. There are like 50 names that were new to me that you. He had one of my died. favorite
0: lines, which was when they were working for the Colts together. Uh, you know they were like walking off the field, and Sirianni's like, "Hey, you want to do like a, you want to do a punt passing kick?" He's like, "Dude, we're 37 years old." Yeah, right.
1: Right. Yeah. So, so wait, wait. So just a, a a a quick Tom Manning thing. He was the, the tight ends coach with the Colts. Got hired by Iowa State as the offensive coordinator, and was replaced by Jason Michael, uh, who is now he was he was he was replaced at the Colts as with, with Jason Michael who's now the tight ends. I want to talk
0: about that in a sec once Shields done, but go ahead.
2: Okay. So, uh, you know, this was the type of, now, I I don't know, obviously, uh, Dan Mullen was calling the plays right at at Florida. So it's always tough to discern some of those things, but certainly their offense was very good uh, this past year. And so he was talking about how bringing Manning to the Colts, made them look at things differently. And he brought in some concepts that they hadn't thought about and that were really proliferating the college game and that they could incorporate into their own offense. And it's like, yes, this is the point. Do it. that. That's yep. what you want to do. Do more of that. Don't just hire the people, you know? So, um, you know, theoretically that, that I think can be a good hire. And again, we don't know, we're not interviewing these assistants. We haven't been around them. And so, I feel like a lot of these coaching stories, you guys probably felt this during the Sirianni reporting. Like, you know, it's rare to uh, hear somebody from the coach's past who's like, yeah, that guy sucked. He was terrible. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know the what interview. they're thinking. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's still worth doing because they tell you in specific ways what impressed them about the the person. And we learn more about the person. But um, so... That that part of it can be tough, but um, the other interesting part about the Brian Johnson hire is his connection to to Jalen Hurts, right? What what is it specifically, Zach?
1: Well, I I don't totally buy that one. Uh, well, not, I well, a, like, well, I have, have no, they but go have ahead. a connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, yeah. Uh, no, I'm sorry, I'm, uh, I'm I take that back. There's a legit connection. I buy the connection because that's true. He played for Jalen Hurts' father at Baytown High School. He recruited um, Jalen Hurts to Mississippi State. Jalen Hurts obviously chose Alabama. Uh, but, uh, you know, Mike Sielski from the Inquirer did a very good column last year uh, when Jalen Hurts was, was, was drafted, and, I, and he got into Brian Johnson in that piece. Um, but, but what I say I, I don't buy is I don't think this signals anything about the Eagles quarterback's decision. I think the appeal of Brian Johnson was like we just talked about, uh, a, a young coach who's on the rise, interviewed for head coaching jobs in South Carolina and Boise State, right? So he's been identified already as a potential head coach. I, I think this was about getting Johnson into the building and not anything about Hurts in particular.
2: However, however, I would agree with that. So any theory that they hired this guy because he can mold Jalen Hurts, But what we just talked about, it is still very interesting because everything we talk about with Carson Wentz and now Wentz is potentially going into a new staff and the guy he's working with, Closer than anybody has a history With Jalen Hurts since he's four years old I mean that is very interesting To me when you just talk about the dynamics And how it's going to play out and is Hurts going to get a fair shot well you have Somebody who history would suggest would at least Be giving him a fair shot If there is this quarterback c- Competition and and you know Wentz was Obviously close to press Taylor so now he's coming In and the guy has sure. a history With the person he's competing with all Those dynamics are things that we have To talk about or, or will be keeping an eye on in the months ahead. Yeah, I mean Fair just think enough.
0: about what it would what, what our reaction would be if it was the reverse, if they brought in a guy right. who knew Carson Wentz since he was you know five yes. years old. Good point. um Good point. but I, I would
1: say like if they hired him as the offensive coordinator, if they hired if 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 they brought I don't in know, Lincoln Riley, yeah, But this, coach, this coach, is he, is the says, guy, this, is this is the coach. I suppose so. I I mean I just like if if they hired Lincoln Riley. That's the guy who coached Joe and Hurts. Joe and Hurts thrived in his scheme. I think it's a little different with, with Brian Johnson, but I, I, I could be wrong.
0: Um, a, this is a very funny tweet from uh, Sean Gentili, who works at The Athletic, um, about Sirianni. Uh, no NFL coach has ever or will ever give off stronger some-dude-I-know vibes. Pretty sure I was in a wedding with him. Might be a co-worker's boyfriend. Just like a very generic looking white dude like that. Oh,
2: what? What do I know that guy from?
0: Which I think is is spot on.
2: Defop Tracer Bullet said he looks a little bit, uh, I look a little bit like him except I'm not as white or as hairy. Hmm. I don't know. Flex I think we've got a, I think we've got like a similar eye thing going on. You know, okay. I've got kind of like a little bit of a droopy eye type thing going on. You know, you kind of look tired sometimes, even though you're not. That might mm-hmm. be where the I, I do appreciate about Sirianni's facial hair. I feel like it's kind of like mine in that you let it grow, but it doesn't really look like a beard. It just looks like you haven't shaved in a long time. Like right. I can't really grow a beard. It's just these prickly things out and he also has like um you know this is this is a you know my my sports indians will know what i'm talking about like Our facial hair doesn't just grow in the beard like it's going on your cheeks like (laughs) your face is just covered. And I feel like uh, I feel like Sirianni has that, you know, some of my uh, my uh, Italian brethren, I feel like probably have the same thing. So, uh, you know, maybe uh, when I need to break the ice with Nick Sirianni, we're allowed to meet these people. uh, Maybe I'll go that route. You know, K.J. Wright, we always talked about our uh, head shaving routines. Mm. And so this could be like my version of that with Sirianni.
1: I just imagine uh, Nick Sirianni. He he, he read Bo's article yesterday. Loved it. You know, heard all these great memories, and so he's like, I, I, I didn't get a chance to see Bo on the screen today. I I, I want to hear his voice. Uh, so. Logs on, finds out we're doing a <laughs> podcast, tunes in, and then we're breaking down his facial hair. And He's like, "I knew Philly media guy got, got uh, pretty in depth here. I, I didn't know that they break down my facial hair."
2: Ah, uh, come on, you he should seen that. Coming. What what gets talked about more than facial hair in like the you know that that uh, that man's man's environment? Mm. Come on, <laughs> That's they're, true. yeah, they're talking about it.
0: Um. We should say, by the way, we didn't we 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 didn't say it directly, but because we have like you know uh, chastised them for the lack of diversity on the staff, that the quarterbacks coach, which you have talked about, Zach, is like a uh, a spot where coaches get hired from. It, it is notable that Brian Johnson is black, and as absolutely. is uh, Michael Clay, the special teams coordinator. So um, absolutely, this yeah. is not like uh, throw them a parade, but at, they have at least um, added some difference to the uh, you know uh, Jason Mraz. Uh, band that they it seemed like they were putting together with the staff.
1: And Brian Johnson, um, he's he's certainly the first black quarterbacks coach during the Jeffrey Lurie era. I imagine he's the first black quarterbacks coach in Eagle's history. Um, and i I don't I, I, I need to verify that, but certainly the first one during the Lurie era and he's the exact type of coach who if if things go decently here, like he'll be on the rise quickly. Uh, Because of the playing experience, because of the background, uh, you know, in terms of coaching, um, uh, you know, this is a I I think he's he'd be like the riser on the staff more than maybe Steichen or Jason Michael or or someone like that.
2: Maybe not not giving NFL ownerships uh, hiring practices, uh, but but I understand what you're saying. Yes. Theoretically, he should be. He does fit that profile.
0: Um, I wanted to talk for a second about the staff uh, and like all these guys that are coming from the Colts. So you've got you know Gannon, um, Patullo, and Jason Michael. Is there anybody else? Is that it, Zach? I mean Steichen's not from the Colts, but but those three guys. No. Yeah, um, yeah, those
1: three, and, and we'll see how the rest of the staff fills out.
0: And you have talked about um, how like Andy Reid used to have the no uh, poaching rule. Yep. I think if you think about this logically. Except, Why don't you explain what
2: that means? Which what meant if a was. if a
0: coach sure if a if a coach uh, gets hired from your staff, like you're not allowed to bring any of the other guys from the staff with you. Go build your own staff. Um, and, 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 and
1: go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, and and the uh, the Belichick documentary that you guys joked with me about,
0: but, which you've watched but there it, was like, like 300 times now.
1: <laughs> but but there was like a, a very memorable scene there where they're lamenting when coaches do that. Like, you know, I developed your career. Don't come raiding my staff. You know, I, I I think that was the sentiment there.
0: And so I think if you think about this logically, um, you know, Sirianni owes so much to Reich. He's not going to be like, you know, doing these things uh, to cross Frank Reich or, or to piss him off. I think Gannon is a little bit different because, you know, that's a real promotion and it seems like he was going to get uh, something like that opportunity regardless of whether it was with the Eagles or not, so he's separate. But like Petulo and Michael, I think you have to read it as like Frank Reich was fine with Frank letting them mind. go. Like, yeah, it's it's not like exactly. these were the best of the best coaches available because if they were, Frank would not let them go.
1: A matter of fact, uh, you know, the reverse, or I, I shouldn't say the reverse, the inverse, maybe that's, that's the right word here for the no poaching policy, is like, the, the, I'm going to get you a soft landing yes, policy. The Sean you know, McDermott, you know, yes. Yeah. Sean McDermott yeah. to Ron Rivera. Right. Like it, it could very well be that, like, I don't want to fire, you know, and Doug Peterson didn't bring like the top assistants from Kansas city, but he had certain guys he brought from Kansas city. And I imagine Andy Reed was saying like, you know, these are the guys you can take because I have other people for this position.
2: Yeah, I think those conversations happen usually before there needs to be some official, you know, type thing. I mean, he called Frank Reich what a a mentor, a brother, a right. uh, a friend, and so uh, I think that's generally the thought when you leave a coaching staff of somebody who you liked working for, who helped you get a prim- promotion. That you don't just raid their entire staff and take everyone there. Now, like you mentioned, if there are lower level. Uh, people who can get promotions by this, then usually everybody is in favor of that. But if it's just a move where a guy's becoming a tight, going from tight ends coach to tight ends coach, then yes, I, w- I would think Frank Reich would be like, yeah, you know, do, do whatever you want. I've got somebody who can replace that. It's all good. All right. Anything else right. we need to
1: address? What more did you want to hear from him today? Like, like Bob, I mean, besides substantive answers to, to certain questions, was there... Was there any question that that you feel needed to be asked that was not asked?
0: Uh, some of the staffing stuff, I think, would have been good to be asked. Um, I think maybe the uh, this is sort of a tired trope at this point with new head coaches, but you know, what is how analytic a- analytics friendly are you? Are you going to be aggressive on fourth down? Uh, you know, like Frank was. Well, that's very
1: relevant here, right?
0: right?
2: Yeah, I wanted to ask that because he was when he's making a big deal about game management. That yeah. was interesting and. You know Frank Reich was pretty aggressive uh, in Indianapolis, and they've got obviously an analytics team. So that was something I wanted to just know about. How do you, you know, what's your philosophy? Do you incorporate that type of thing? Um, That would have certainly been uh, that. That was on my list for sure.
0: What else was on your list?
2: Not a lot. I I wanted to know the backstory on when did you get contacted. Mm -hmm. You know Mm -hmm. what? What was the process like? Were you? Uh, you know, were you vacationing with your family? What was it like for, I wanted to get a handle on who was interviewing him. Cause there's been what reports of mm-hmm. nine people as part of the, uh, interview process. Is that right?
0: So, uh, yeah, you know, I think was, that's right. That's good. I don't and, know if we and, know. And
1: Jeffrey, uh, was talking about the amount of the, all the different voices they had in this process.
2: Right. Yeah. So I wanted to get some color, uh, on that process. For sure, I would have liked to get a better answer to his offensive philosophy question. Just sort of, you've coached in these different schemes. You know, what do you believe in? You you've laid out these core principles for your overall team philosophy. Well, what about when it comes to just being, uh, you know, an offensive play caller and schemer? I don't know if he would have given anything to that. It, it was asked, and uh, he said multiple, like we said, in maximizing the talent on your roster. But like. You know, what are you doing the first three days of, in the spring? You know, you, you got to be doing something at that point. What are you trying to install? What does it look like? That kind of thing. So um, those were th- those were a couple of the questions I had, but I, I thought otherwise a lot of the, the big questions were asked. I, I was glad that Jimmy got that one in at the yep. end about the roster. I think that's important. The quarterback questions were important, even if he wasn't going to give a firm answer, how he answered it. We can certainly read a lot into into that, and so... I think those were the main things.
0: I would like to know if he has ever eaten a, a kneecap. Well. Worth a shot. Yeah. You know? or a what about, about you, Zach? What,
2: what's his favorite place to get Have I ever eaten a kneecap? Kneecaps? I have never you know. eaten a kneecap
1: before.
0: No, what other questions would you have asked? And also, oh, if I mean, you had if, to eat a body part, what body part would it be?
1: I've never thought about that question. so <laughs> I, I, I don't have a good answer for you there. I mean, I... I'm not an advocate for cannibalism, so I, I can't, I can't, uh, I, I don't have an answer for you. I wish I had a good one-liner prepared, but I don't. Um, no, there were, I mean, there are a a lot of like, like personal personality questions, things like that, that maybe not in a press conference setting, but in in years past, and we didn't have it today, I, I suppose we're giving a little how the sausage is made. There's, um, you know, there's the big press conference and then there's, uh, a, a small group one where you can kind of ask informal type stuff. You know, for instance, back in 2016, uh, I was working on a story before Doug was hired. And then subsequently, uh, after the press conference on his time as a high school coach. Right. And, and so I, I wanted specific details that I was, uh, I was trying to get for that story. Um, so stuff like that. But as far as big team picture stuff, I will I'll be honest here. I I wanted to hear from Jeffrey Lurie. Like Jeffrey Lurie is responsible for this decision. I agree. He made the decision. I think, and it's it's not just the you know the, obviously the question about um, you know uh, black coaches is particularly and black coordinators is particularly important. But that's not the only question for for Jeffrey. No, Lurie. there are a you lot know, of the, things. I, yeah. yeah, we mentioned the process, right? We uh, uh, you can, you can get on. Um, you know, the offense uh the the fact that he was fitting the form here and in 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 terms of offense, in terms of quarterback, Deuce Staley, why wasn't De, you know, if if you talk this effusively about Deuce Staley, uh, why wasn't he the head coach? Like like what what did Deuce lack that the other candidates that were, that, that that Sirianni possessed? Uh so there are Yeah, a just lot some of more
0: details on everyone. what actually was impressive about Sirianni, like, you know
1: Exactly. You know, and, and she'll put it well, like he I appreciate that he spoke, right? I, I, I think I, I'm not sure what happened in the Texans press conference, but I read somewhere that Cal McNair wasn't gonna speak and, and that would have been bad. I appreciate that he spoke, but I don't appreciate that he didn't take questions because he's responsible for making that decision. He should be accountable to the decision with 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 questions about it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't really even give him that much credit for talking if he's not gonna answer any questions.
2: All right. I'm going to read these two, uh, reviews. Apple po- you know, the podcast thing did some new thing where I can only see six reviews. So, uh, mm-hmm. Marissa, I don't need your numbers today. So here are the winners of the pasta Ficcio's gift cards, glass mania, 12, five stars. Great show. As always the fake, fake press conference was a home run. Maybe do it with Jeff and Howie since they will skirt accountability <laughs> all season.
0: Oh, we could do it, we could do a quick you could be Jeffrey.
2: Oh, you want me to be Jeff? All we right, can save we it. Can we that. can save it.
0: We can save it for next week.
2: All right. Well that's uh, that's Glassmania twelve. So email us at birdswithfriendspodcast at gmail.com and we will get you your pastaficios gift card. And the next one is from Jed. C L D 2003 says my favorite. I am only disappointed by the fact that there are not daily podcasts. I love the format and the mix of humor as well. Thank you. Jed email birds with friends at gmail.com and we will get you your pasta Fisios gift card or tell us if you are not in the area and hopefully I will find some way to use these pasta Fisios gift cards. Thank you.
0: All right. All right. Anything else to get off your chest, gentlemen, or Marissa? Okay. All right. Well, I guess that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. Uh, we'll be back at some point next week. I think we might have, uh, hopefully we'll have Coach Flynn on so we can get a little, uh, little Mount Union talk and make sure you do read uh, Zach's story on his time at ICUP and uh, my story on his time at, uh, at Mount Union. And, uh, and also Shield's Super Bowl previews. So I got all kinds of good stuff.
2: You don't got to read any of my nonsense.
0: I mean, you know, just click on it at least. Tell your friends to subscribe and then you don't have to read them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That'll do it. Thanks for listening. Um, Shout out to everybody. We'll we'll talk to you next week. Thanks to Marissa for uh, putting together this fancy new video setup. Thanks to, uh, to the listeners and the chatters. And as always, we love you.
1: Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.